Hello and welcome to the Deeply Rooted Podcast. We are here to root deep together in God's Word so that we can live lives of unshakable faith. I am Ben Jacobson. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope Lutheran Church in Fargo, North Dakota. And I am joined today by my colleague, Pastor Mike Toomey. Mike, good to have you. Good to be here. Yeah, we're continuing again uh, this this journey through the Psalms. And, and we've kind of just been hodgepodging, picking the ones that uh, that we want to talk about. And, and we've covered... We've already covered the first and the last psalms, so we're actually just here sort of jumbling around in the middle, which is good because there's lots of good psalms between the first and the last. The first and the last, of course, are good in their own ways. They're all good. And they, we learn, you know, I have just enjoyed these moments of of taking a pause each week and diving into a particular psalm, and all the stuff that rises to the surface is amazing. What I appreciate about this particular type of study is it pulls me out of my favorites. Um, and mm-hmm. as I listen to the other podcasts, it, it pulls me into other people's favorites. Mm-hmm. And um, that just so helps me understand um, the, the, the the Psalms and getting me into something a little deeper. Yeah. And I've just, I've just, the breadth of human emotion is here. Mm-hmm. And I just think, boy. Great sorrow and great joy. Yeah. And sometimes a verse apart. All, yeah, sometimes all wrapped into one psalm. And so today, we're going to be looking at Psalm 139, which is a very well-known psalm. Parts of it, I think, probably are more well-known than other parts. I would say so. This becomes very devotional, and I think, um, and rightfully so, but there are some things in here that that many of you are going to recognize. You put it all together, and you go, I I didn't remember. I don't remember hearing that part before. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, a psalm of, I think, comfort, but also of confession. So yep. both of those things. We'll find that out today as we read it. One of the things that, that comes up in this psalm is uh, is the fact that uh, God is portrayed as someone who knits. Yes. And I don't knit. I have, <laughs> I, when I was in fourth or fifth grade, our class, we learned to crochet. So I, for a time, could crochet one line. You, so you could very, you, you could do one chain of crochet. crochet. Yeah, very a very small scarf. Uh, yes, that's not very warm. Mike, are there crafts that that you do? I love working with my hands. Um, currently, the uh, project that is being done and in the Toomey shop slash garage is um, we're, we're we're putting together some Scandinavian type knives. What's a Scandinavian type well, knife? <clears throat> one, the blades are forged in Scandinavia, but it's basically the, the blade themselves looks very unique. Um, it's a very simple, it's a very simple blade, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they often have short handles. These, this is a utility knife. Mm. This is this is before you had utility knives that uh, you know you cut your carpet with and all that sort of thing. This was the utility knife that uh, does the everything. Finland, the Finlanders and the Swedes and the Norwegians, they all they all kind of carried these on their belts. So you, you start with, you're not forging the, the you, you buy the... I have not yet got into forging. Um, this could, this is turning into a rabbit hole that could get very deep. Yeah. Um, do you but, have an anvil? I do not have an anvil. Yet. I, yet. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have been searching for an anvil. If and any I of have our yet, listeners <clears throat> have an anvil, please contact us. Drop it off. No... <laughs> 
yeah, <clears throat> I do not have an anvil as of yet. Um, no, this is more or less uh, buying the blanks, knife blanks, um, polishing, uh, sharpening, and then um, adding the handle to it. So do you make the handle, or how does that We're work? making the handle, yeah. Are so they wooden? Uh, we're using wood and brass, and on one of them, we're using some antler, and we're going to cool. use some birch bark and um, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, That's fun. So, so they're all going to be unique. They will be unique to each. Each one will be unique, yes. Just like the Psalms. Just like the Psalms. Just like the Psalms. Good. Well, I, I, I'll i have to, maybe I'll have to take a peek at that. You will have finished. to take a peek yeah, at it. I'd love yep. to see it. Cool. Well, we are going to dive in uh, to the Psalm where, where God is is seen as the one who knits. Uh, and, you know, so I always think of when, uh, when I was in seminary, I, I was a chaplain intern at a nursing home. Mm-hmm. Going into a memory care unit and and being sitting at a table with with lots of of uh, ladies and this is a psalm that I was always had ready uh, because I love to they all knitted right they, mm-hmm. so to yep. say do you know God is a knitter yeah you know just like you are yeah and you'd see kind of a brightness come into their yeah. eyes so there's a tender place in my heart for this psalm for that reason and for others. So we're going to read it, uh, and I will read from the NIV, uh, and here we begin. Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand when I awake I am still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God. Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? 
and abhor those who rise up against you. I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So when you hear these words, what uh, there's so many little lines in here that I think are just absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Which, what are some of the ones that, that stick out to you? Oh, my. You know, verses 1 through 6 are, are absolutely gorgeous. Um, I think... I think part of it is, you know, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. Beautiful right there. Just the first two verses. Um, um, You hem me in behind and before me. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful, too lofty. Where can I go from your spirit? Just for me, Mm -hmm. if I I were to make this Mike's personal psalm and Mm -hmm. I were to take what I absolutely love about it, you know, it's probably verses 1 through 12 or maybe Mm -hmm. 14. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe I'd go all the way to 17, right? All of this is just absolutely gorgeous language um, that that I find in here. You you know what? Typically, when I've read this psalm, I've read those first 12 verses with just an absolute... Fe- well, even probably four, 14... Well, probably the first 16 verses, actually. Yep. Or more. Um, I read them with this feeling of comfort. Yeah. You know, and and it's, it's, it's in there. But then I look at... As I read verse 1 today. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. Mm-hmm. That's also scary. Oh, yeah. It's terrifying. Isn't it? Uh, that that someone would know me more than I know myself. If you really knew me, you wouldn't like me, right? Yeah, I mean, right. it's that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. If you really knew it. But, but here, um, God not, has not only searched us and knows us in intimate and omniscient ways, um, he loves us and he's with us. Yeah, and maybe that's why it begins with that, you've searched me and you know me, because what follows is this sort of ode to reminding us that even even the God, even though that God knows us, he right. still loves us. And, yeah, even though sometimes God loves us not just for who we are, but in spite of who we are. Yeah. And that's I know it. you, and I love you anyway. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and what's interesting and, and powerful about this psalm is it, that's how the psalm begins, and that's how the psalm ends. Yeah, with so, this searching. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get this, you know, verse 24. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. You know, cert, you know verse uh, 23, actually, we go back one verse. Search me, God, and know my heart and test me, know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way. So this begins, um, this psalm begins and ends with um, acknowledging that God does know us, but also inviting God to know us even better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it may be. It's interesting. It doesn't. It it doesn't start with God with asking God to search us and no. saying you have done it. You've done it, and then and then it sort of fleshes out. You know the beauty of that, and then it and then it moves to and yep. keep doing it. Yep, because keep. of who you are, not because of who I am. Yep, right. Mm-hmm. Because because God is good, and because God is present, and because God holds the 
the past and the future and, and everything in between. That's the kind of uh, God that you want to be searching you. Yes. And knowing you. Yep. 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 Do you think that, so this is a complete aside, is there, I think about often, does anyone truly know us? And do we truly know ourselves or does, do people know us in layers and phases and we discover ourselves as we uh, meet other people? Yeah. That's a deep question. You're right. You're, you're going, you're going into, f- you know, the philosophy courses that are just super deep. Like, oh, what, what is it? But I think there is some great truth in, in what your question is pointing to. Some people know me um, from a few conversations that we have that are, you know, kind and good and whatnot, but um, do they really know me? Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> and so there's probably people in my life that, that know me a little bit and they're on the periphery and people that know me a little bit better and they're, they're mm-hmm. closer to me. And then there's people who are my family. Mm-hmm. Um, who know me very well. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> God knows us even deeper yet. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, you get into this question, and one of the things that um, I often talk about with couples that are getting married is, um, you know, you, you guys can know each other, but the way to know each other the best and the deepest is to understand each other and the relationship you have with God. That's why it's so important for married couples to worship together, yeah. to do devotions together, to pray together, because it is at that moment when you're both in the presence of uh, acknowledging the presence of God, we'll put it that way, and understanding the mysteries of God where you will get to know each other the best mm. and the deepest. Mm. Yeah. And it's it's interesting how... We are created to, we come to understand one another and ourselves through that relationship with God. Yes. And it's only, you only get the fullness through that. Mm-hmm. And it's important to be known. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, <coughs> so we're that's created the, for that, right? That's, the fr- that's our first six verses of this psalm. Absolutely gorgeous verses. They're, they're verses that are very, um, again, much like those first 16, 17 verses of this psalm, very devotional. Um, God knows us. And while you might have some fear in that, there should also be some great comfort and consolation in that. Yeah, it may begin with a place of fear, but ultimately that should lead us to a place of comfort because mm-hmm. in spite of knowing us and because of knowing us, that is that is why God works out his plan for salvation. Yep. Yep, because mm-hmm. he knows the depths of, of who we are. Okay, so one of the things that we've done over the course of this summer as we've looked at the Psalms is is we've noticed uh, that that many of the psalms, and poetry is sort of like this in general, I think, it, there's chunks, there's pieces, there's movement. There, you know, We don't begin in the place where we end, and there's mm-hmm. maybe sections that go together. How might uh, this psalm be broken so up? So Jim Lindbergh, he's a, he was one of my professors at, at Luther Seminary. He, he broke this up into four sections. First section is the Lord knows us. We've kind of talked about that already. Then, mm-hmm. then starting in verse 7, he says, um, this is that God is always near to us. He's not far from us is maybe another way to put it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go down to the heavens, you are there. If I make my, if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. So, you know, you look at that from the highs of the heavens to the depths of um, Sheol, um, God is, is present. And then it goes into um, even the cardinal points of the compass. Hmm. <clears throat> so now we, we've dealt with height and depth, but now we're going to deal with left and right and front and back. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, so that's the east. Imagine yourself facing east at that moment. 
Right. Um, <clears throat> okay, uh, the wings of the dawn. Um, uh, okay, and then if I settle on the far side of the sea. So again, the sea, um, if you're in Jerusalem, where's the sea? It's on your west, right? Mm. <clears throat> okay, so now we got east and west. Now we start looking at the other two cardinal points. Even there, your hand, and again, he um, speculates um, wisely. Um, <clears throat> he brings up another scholar that says your hand, and, and, and this way um, um, it indicates the left hand. Mm-hmm. Okay, here your hand will guide me. So that's now. Now, if I'm facing east, where's my left hand? North. Hmm. Okay. Now, <clears throat> your right hand, because no, no, that specifically says your right hand mm-hmm. will hold me fast. So now we're at the south. So we got up, down, east, west, north, south. The idea here is that God is everywhere, hmm. and that you are never alone. You're never alone. God is where, wherever you might be. Um, <clears throat> we get into the idea of um, light and darkness. Surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me. Um, no. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day and the darkness is a light to you. I, I think about John 1. Yeah. Right? You know, Jesus is the light, the light of the world. Uh, the, the word, the word made flesh, the light of the world coming into the world, and the darkness does not even understand it. Right? This is God going wherever there might be, um, wherever there might be a place. God is there. Um, we even think about. I even, as I was thinking about this, I'm thinking about Jesus, and I'm thinking about um, if I make my bed in the depths or Sheol, you are there. You know, I think about First Peter, um, chapter three. There's kind of these a few cryptic verses that says, you know, that. Uh, that Jesus went down to the depths of hell to give release to the prisoners. Okay. Right. In the Apostles' Creed, we we confess, we declare that. <clears throat> okay. Um, you know, this is part of who it is. In God is wherever we are at. So high, low, dark, light, east, west, north, south. We've kind of got the whole three dimension. Everything's covered. Everything's these. covered, yeah. Do you think the world is a lonely place? Yeah, I do. Um, I was listening to the radio the other day, and this was even prior to um, um, COVID and the shutdown responses that we had, that loneliness is one of the great diseases of humankind right now and one of the most deadly things we have. Um, if you were to pick up, most of you are probably listening to this on a mobile device of some sort. Yep. <clears throat> and if you pull up that mobile device or your computer, there's probably about 14, 15, 20 different ways that you can communicate to people. Or let me ask you, are you more connected to people today or are you less connected to people today? My guess is less. Um, I think this world is a very lonely place. Um, when I was at seminary, somebody said, go to the mall during the week. And so this is 25 years ago, but go to the mall during the week and look at all of the, uh, senior aged men. They're just sitting there in chairs, sitting there in the, mm-hmm. in the couches that the malls often provide. Yeah. They're there because they're lonely. Yep. They yeah. want to be around people. I think we have a unique kind of loneliness in the world. 
I I don't remember anything about the book, but I remember when I was in seminary, we was we were assigned to read a book uh, called Alone Together, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the, yep. that title is pretty telling. I think yep. about the time we live in, where where we are, um, we're surround. Sometimes we're totally surrounded by people. We're totally surrounded by chances to talk with people, get in touch with people, and yet the depth of that connection is probably much more yeah i don't want to use the word shallow because that would yeah thin so a generation before you the book out there was called bowling alone there were more people bowling in the united states 30 years ago than there there had been before but there were much fewer leagues Hmm. right everyone would just go to the bowling alley and Hmm. bowl their own game Hmm. but they weren't bowling together so one of those funny things where i think that that has generally precipitated. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, one of the, one of my uh, strange joys is once a year I, I turn on a television series called Alone, and you know they send a bunch of people off into the wilderness to be alone, and then they film them or they film themselves actually um, in their struggles about being alone, and so many of them it's not the physical stuff that strangles them, but it is the emotional detachment from the people they love. I have watched that show. Yeah. You could be a contestant on it, you know. <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 there's a deep... <laughs> you would deep, win. <laughs> you yeah. would for sure win. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> so I don't, I don't watch it. I don't watch the most recent season because I, I wait for it to come out on Netflix like a year later. So yeah, so I, I've just, yeah, <clears throat> and I watch it all at once over the course of two days. Um, That's funny. Yeah, alone, by the way, my... <clears throat> My family thinks I'm nuts, but yeah, I I <clears throat> I could I could do well. Yeah, you could bring one of your uh, Scandinavian. I could knives bring, I could bring my own Scandinavian bush yeah. knife out there, right? <clears throat> <clears throat> but yeah. so so how does I mean this psalm speaks into the lonely places of of life and yeah. gives the comfort of the promise of yes, though we feel alone, we we never are. How many junior high kids are out there? They're in class of twenty five, thirty kids, you know six, seven times a day, and they feel like they're all alone in this world. Mm-hmm. That's what we're facing. Yeah, because loneliness comes in in lots of different ways, right? I mean, we can mm-hmm. have the loneliness of grief, the loneliness of a diagnosis, the loneliness of of an, uh, you know, of anxiety, the loneliness of fear about the future, the loneliness of, you know, whatever it is in your life, you, you may feel alone. And the promise of this psalm is that you never are. You never are. You never are. So we've got the, the, the Lord knows us. The Lord is near to us. What are the other sections? Well, we got God the knitter. You brought up, the, uh, you brought up that uh, knitting, knitting piece, and that's mm-hmm. really God is the creator. He's, he's put us together. You know, think about your body. And, you know, again, you talk to the average um, um, high school kid who's going, you know, or, or junior high kid, we'll put it that way, um, who's struggling with themselves and, you know, there's, their bodies are changing. They're, they're like, you know, <clears throat> they hate themselves and all sorts of stuff. No, this, this speaks into that, doesn't it? Yeah. No, no, no. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God created you. He doesn't create junk. That sort of, that sort of yeah. piece, right? This, yeah. God has created you. God put you together. Um, and I think that is an absolute delight to think about that God is the one who has created us. Um, you know, it's like we were a thought in his mind that he was able to knit together and uh, 
here you are, fearfully and wonderfully made. I've maybe never thought about it kind of in that same section. God's a knitter. God's also a writer. Mm. Yeah. I'm not sure what to think of that at the moment, but just came to me. I, I think when I when I was doing a little bit of study on this, um, it says don't get too deep into the predestination idea, but yeah. to understand this from, again, a more devotional aspect that God is partnering with you in writing out your life, right? Mm. Um, to think about that God has intent and purpose for your life. Yeah. And that's why all our days are ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to think about, um, you know, think about time and space and certainly we see time and space in here and, and to remember the fact that, that God exists first and foremost outside of any of those boundaries Yep. and enters into them for the, the, f- the sake of, of partnering with us in living out our days. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. So God's the knitter, the writer. Yep. He probably could crochet more than a line. He probably could, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think so. Yep, uh, yep. What's the last section of this? So the last section here, you know, starts in verse 19. As you were reading it, um, you, you read it, and you, you very clearly delineated it. Hopefully the, our listeners heard um, a change in tone. Um, you know, we talked about if this was a song, you know, uh, when this was a song, was there a major, or, you know, some sort of key going into some sort of different strange minor key here? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the bigger thing, verse 19, all of a sudden it's like, if only you, God, would slay the wicked. It, it, it seems like, oh my, this is, this guy's hurting now. And, and perhaps when the psalmist was writing this, if it was David, David, um, for that matter, um, if they were, when they were writing this, maybe they're going through a really tough time. Yeah. Um, with all sorts of people that were ungodly around them, um, and they, the, these emotions go deep, and it's um, I think most of us have probably been there, right? Um, you know, we get upset with the evil around us, and we start pointing our fingers, and we we want God to take care of the evil. But there's a change here at the end, and I think a very profound prayer of self-awareness that we need to jump into. And it starts back at 20, uh, in verse 23. So we're, we're talking about all the wicked around us, and all of a sudden it comes back to some of that beautiful inward imagery, but it's search me, God, and know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. Um, when we join the psalmist in praying this and singing this psalm, Asking that God takes care of even the wicked that's within us it turns into a confession. So we have kind of an American proverb, which is when you point your finger at someone, there's three more pointing back at you. This is a self-awareness of knowing that, you know, there's a lot of wicked around me, but there's wicked within me as well that mm-hmm. I want God to take mm-hmm. care of. Yeah, this almost brings us back, I think, to the first psalm where there's two paths, right? Mm-hmm. There's the path of the path that sinners take yep. and there's the path of righteousness. And, mm-hmm. and it's saying, okay, here I am. I'm at a crossroads, God. And, and, uh, <laughs> kind of on both paths. Could you take out the things that are bringing me down the wrong one and lead me on the way everlasting? Yep. 
this is an affirmation that there are two paths and sometimes I really want to walk that other path. I might want to join the wicked people around me and, and join in their wickedness, but this is a way for God, I need you to first deal with me. So it is, is it in these, these last verses of confession that, that you really see the, the gospel illuminated? Or are there, there's other places in the psalm too, of course, but they seem very bright in, in that. Uh, you know, I, I see the gospel probably throughout the psalm. How I see the gospel here, let's go to 1 John. You know, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, so we have gospel there. And that's, that, you know, that that's where I, I would see the gospel in this final section mm-hmm. as we um, have to acknowledge the, the darkness, the evil that, that, that can and does reside within ourselves and confess it. And knowing and understanding that God will forgive it in Jesus. And lead us in the way everlasting. A beautiful psalm. I hope you folks at home get a chance to stop and, and read it again. And maybe uh, spend some time over the next week just just asking for God to do those two things that, that we see in those last few verses. Search us and lead us. Search us and lead us into the way everlasting. Lead us into life with you. Thanks for listening today to our Deeply Rooted podcast. Don't forget uh, to like, subscribe, to share, to think about who are the people in your life that that you might want to share this podcast with so that they can be brought into to what we're doing here. Uh, and, and what we're doing here is just simply opening the Word of God and letting God speak in and through uh, his word so that we might draw closer and closer to him. Invite someone to know the love of God. And absolutely. Pretty easy this way. Absolutely. Do that. And in the meantime, stay deeply rooted.